0: Welcome to Small Business Big Network, the podcast for small business owners who want big results from their networking. I'm Liz Drury, a freelance voiceover artist who knows that if you're not working, then networking could help. Matt Holmes is a world record holder and the founder and CEO of Handshaking. His company doesn't have any clients and doesn't sell any services. And it's all founded on networking. Thank you very much for joining me on the podcast, Matt. Thanks for having me. Now, Matt, you are a world record holder. So before we get into talking about your business, I would love to know about your world record and uh, how it came about.
1: Sure. So uh, several years ago, I was getting out of my first business in the real estate industry. And that was a business I kind of, uh, you know, didn't share with the world. Which is one of the reasons I wanted to get out of it. I wanted to go into something I was really passionate about, and uh, I was passionate about networking. And I, I learned that because my friends started calling me "handshaking Holmes." <laughs> so <laughs> when they did that, I loved it because the handshake means so much to me. It's that's the start of a relationship, mm. and um, how you manage that relationship is is what's really behind networking. It's not about putting giving your business card away. At meetings, it's about how you handle your relationships, uh, you know, long term. Yeah. So um, once I knew I was going to launch a business all about handshakes, that really narrowed down the bucket on what type of world record um, I could break. And uh, I looked at various handshake world records and figured out that the best one to attempt to break would be the longest handshake between two people. And uh, I attempt and broke that world record uh, several years ago now.
0: And how long was that handshake?
1: Sure, so we applied to break the world record with Guinness, um, although there's tons of different world record web- websites and news sources out there, and they allow you a five-minute break for every hour, So, but you're not allowed to sleep. Uh, <laughs> you have to stay awake. So I was awake a total of 50 hours. The timer oh. stopped at... Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was. I'm glad I did that before my 30s, but uh, the timer stopped at 46 hours. And um, after you deduct our breaks, that put us at 43.5 hours, which was exactly one hour past the previous record.
0: Wow. <laughs> and has anyone else <laughs> attempted that since your record?
1: Uh, no, people People seem to. It's, I tell them it's an easy record <laughs> since you can take the break. Uh, you know, it's, if you shake hands for three hours, you are allowed to stop shaking hands and take a 15 minute break to do whatever you may need to do throughout a whole entire weekend. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's amazing. So not Thanks. surprisingly that the name of your company is, is handshaking. Um, tell me how, how your company came about.
1: Sure. So, you know, in the early days, we I didn't really quite know what the business model was, to be honest with you. I just knew I wanted out of real estate. I love the, you know, developing assets and passive income from rent, I love that business model from real estate but I didn't want physical real estate I wanted to be online I wanted to outsource to different countries and I wanted to help people online and, and I didn't really know what that was I just knew that it needed to do it needed to be involved with networking mm-hmm. and um, so we kind of started doing personal websites and really any marketing agency random services in the early days and that didn't really have a meaningful impact we didn't make much money during the first few years but When things changed for us is when we started, instead of worrying about how much a client could afford to invest with their website, we just started building our own websites. And we started building lead generation websites. So we would pick a city, we would pick a niche, and we would invest and develop a website that would get phone calls for this niche in this specific city. And then we ended up selling the phone calls instead of services. So instead of selling marketing services, we shifted to selling the results that everyone's looking for. From marketing services which is live phone calls of customers looking for a quote right now and we've been on that business model for the past four years almost
0: right so you actually have no clients and you don't sell any services is that right correct and so tell me how it works in practice
1: sure so i'll give you an example of the first website so the first one was called fort collins concrete contractors so you know fort collins is a city Mm -hmm. concrete contractors is the niche and uh, we developed that website we got to rank on google in the city of fort collins for people looking for driveway repairs sidewalk additions patio additions and sure enough after a few months it started getting some phone calls and we were able to find a concrete contractor and for those phone calls directly to their phone so as soon as a customer calls they get a quote and then the contractor would prepay us in advance for uh, a batch of leads and that's how that business model works.
0: Right. Okay. So, concrete contractors was was your first uh, foray into this. What other kinds of businesses have have you um, have you have you got leads for?
1: Sure. So, not only so now today, you know, it's more about sending the phone calls to help the contractors shake more hands with customers. And um, you know, we've gotten into lots of different. We're always experimenting. Um, and to be honest, some cities might be better for some niches. So it's it's always just a experiment we'll launch now we launch about four websites per month uh we used to be doing 10 but uh, we've tried carpet cleaning window tinting roofing dent repair <laughs> um what else lots of lots of different models but we, we're trying to we like to experiment with new niches to see what's easy for us to win at but what i realized is even if we win we need to have we need to eventually just pick a few niches that are similar businesses because it's really different A roofing company, for example, you know, they might work with an insurance company and it's not the homeowner paying, where a concrete company, you know, it's usually usually a smaller business and the homeowner's paying, so you really have to think twice before you go out there and try a ton of different niches. Yeah. it's also good to test, so it's kind of a balance.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, how how do you decide which which niches to try?
1: Uh, Well, now we kind of have our set four niches that we launch, and then we'll try one tr- experiment like right now we're kind of experimenting with some electrical or smart home automation websites mm-hmm. and uh, uh you know it takes uh, if you're ever going to launch your own website to make passive income you know give it give it a fair six to 24 months to before you decide if it's been a successful website or not because sometimes it just takes time uh, yeah that's what, that's what google's looking for yes. they're not looking for the brand new website they want the person who's been around for a long time
0: that's right, because I, I guess Google kind of trusts websites that have been there for a bit longer.
1: Yep, especially if it's about one thing in specific and not, you know, a ton of different weird things that changes over time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So let's talk a bit about networking now, then, which is obviously your, your passion. Why do you feel that networking is so important for entrepreneurs?
1: Yeah, so for me, networking was really important in the early days because I set out with just a little bit of money left over from exiting my real estate company and didn't really know what was next. And networking is what helped me really figure out, okay, what's my business model? Which direction am I going with this? You know, it, it helped me with mentorship. If you don't network, you're gonna have quality mentors. So uh, that's that's one reason I think networking is important. Uh, and yeah, in, in the early days, well, one takeaway I took from I actually had, this was called the handshaking Video Series in the early days. So uh, we weren't doing lead generation websites. We were doing this, uh, you know, random online services and, and hosting video series to kind of have the theme mm-hmm. of, you know, what type of services we're offering and why we're offering them. So, um, yeah, one one thing I learned from most of the guests I interviewed is the importance of really paying it forward and and investing long-term. You know, no one likes a, the used car salesman that, you know, meets you, calls you back 20 times for two weeks, and then you never hear from them again after you buy a car. Yeah. yeah, It's about looking long-term, you know, 10-plus years out, and providing value right away, right? That used car salesman's not helping you uh, right away. They're just asking for the sale, and no one likes that either. No. Um, So anyway, we could dive into that in whichever direction you'd like as well, if you'd like.
0: Yeah, I mean, what, what kind of networking groups did you go to initially? Were they uh, national groups? Was it groups that were just more local to you? How did you get started?
1: Yeah, so I was in Denver for both the real estate company and then stayed there for, um, you know, this, this online company, Handshaking. And, and I ended up starting a group. Uh, of course, I went to tons of different events. I'm an extrovert, it gives me energy to talk to other people. So I respect that not everyone's a an extrovert that gets energy from others but that doesn't mean that you can still use some of the networking tactics that, that benefit you later um, so I went to different founder events and then I eventually started a, a meetup group called Startup Denver and uh, that that meetup group grew to 3-4,000 members we would do monthly pitch events and obviously hosting events an even better way to get connected with everyone we would pick different founders to that would come and pitch their idea and then hey it was. we also needed to go and talk to the big dogs that would be judges kind of like the Sharks and Shark Tank, and, uh, you know, I just met a ton of really valuable mentors and investors through through that process. I uh, ran that meetup group for a few years, and obviously, uh, you know, we didn't charge for the events in the early days. We provided value. We weren't asking for anything in advance, and that's, looking back, that's kind of what's built a lot of, you know, what's turned into my quality mentors today, as well as, you know, good friends today in Denver.
0: Yeah. So how much time do you think that a startup business owner should dedicate to networking?
1: Yeah, I think uh, it kind of depends on your stage. You know, if, if you're newer or if you have not started your business yet, I think you should really be investing a lot of time in it. And you should be investing that time before you think you need to invest that time. Mm. And the way that you should be investing that time is not just other business owners. You, you can help anyone. Um one of the guests I interviewed, John Paul DeJoria, the founder of Patron Tequila and Paul Mitchell Hair Products, uh, he, he, he was the first person on, on my show that said, Matt, you know, it's, it's about helping that person. When you're driving down the highway and you see that car broken down, it's about making that split-second decision to pull over now, go you know, yeah. past that car and say that you're going to help them next time. It's about providing value so fast that you don't even hesitate in a situation like that. And to hear that coming from a self-made billionaire who came from nothing was just fascinating to me.
0: Yeah, that's that's really interesting advice. And, you know, it's so important, I think, for people to realize when networking that, that it's all about giving value to other people. It's not necessarily about looking for something for yourself, at least not in the first instance.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, as, as your business matures, you have a more... Proven business model, and you kind of know who you're talking to and what you're talking to them about. And you kind of have your set process and your set maybe you have services, maybe you have products like us, but um, either way, it's the networking isn't kind of going a little bit outside of that scope, giving a little bit extra than what your business says that it does, uh, whether those are paying clients or just people you're you know, in a networking event, or oftentimes it kind of turns into, uh, into its own form of, of mentorship or advice within your industry and niche. Yeah. And that's, that's the way to end your networking once you kind of mature.
0: Yeah. So what common mistakes do you see people making when networking, at, you know, especially when they're starting out doing networking?
1: I would say the biggest mistake is no follow-up. You meet so many cool people at a networking event. Maybe you meet 10 and one person emails you and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, it's all in the follow-up and, uh, you know, you might have an exciting conversation, And, you know, go ahead and take the time to connect with that person on Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever's popular in in your town and, and, you know, stay in contact for a few years. You don't need to email them and take it somewhere right away. I mean, sometimes you want to schedule a phone call, you know, within the next couple of weeks. But, you know, it's okay if not. Still take the time to connect with them and make a reminder. I have a friend who has what he calls a friend RM. It's like a CRM, customer retention what was a customer relationship manager yeah. but it's a friend rm <laughs> so um I, I don't know if you need to go that far because it only requires going a little bit further than the average person to really be to really set yourself apart as a person of value thankfully but yeah follow-up it's all in the follow-up to yeah the question.
0: i think you're right it, it's not often is it that you meet somebody in a networking meeting where either they need your services there and then or you need their services But you might down the line. And if you haven't kind of followed up and kept in contact with them, that's not going to happen.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it takes time to build trust. You know, Mm. services don't always guarantee a result. So it takes time to build that trust.
0: Yeah. So let's have a little chat about COVID then and how that has affected your networking. What happened to you?
1: (laughs) Well, I was just starting an exciting... Uh, I'm not career, but a, an exciting hobby. Paid speaking right before. Me. If you can, if you can get on a stage and share your message, that's a great way to network. So I was enjoying that, and I personally enjoy the thrill of getting up there and uh, <laughs> looking at the whole audience and saying, "You know, I am so nervous. I thought I was going to vomit before I got up here." <laughs> Something to break the ice, and and now there's just none of that, and it's awful. And um, so I, I, I really think COVID ruined a lot of networking features and you have to adapt nowadays. I mean, thankfully, I launched this online company before a lot of other companies needed to make a lot of changes. So when, when this changed for us, we didn't change anything. We were already an online work-from-home company mm-hmm. um, and we actually paid out a little bit of extra when everything went down to our staff. But uh, yeah. yeah, there's no more conferences for quite some time. I mean, I was actually in the Philippines most of the pandemic got back to this side of the world uh, in the US for just about three months ago and it's it's quite it's quite open which is fabulous. It seems like it's almost over out here. Because there's there's just nothing I, I like the word the word handshake means so much to me. And we're called handshaking because there's just nothing like an in-person handshake. You know, every year we get more and more emails of people trying to start online relationships with us and every every year that it's worth just a little bit less yeah. because uh, there's just, just because of the sheer quantity of, I mean, I'd like to call some of it spam, most of it spam, mm-hmm. uh, of people trying to sell you random stuff from abroad or even from your own city. It's, it's just another email or another Facebook message, another notification, another app that you download that's, that's bugging you with advertisements. And that in-person handshake though, nothing can really replace that. So I, I think COVID really put a lot of that on pause. Uh, to answer your question. I think a lot of more people are looking at how the internet can help them, which is I think good and bad. For me, if I was trying to actively network like I was before when I was trying to, to you know connect with members of Congress and billionaires, venture capitalists on my video series, I feel like there's more competition now because like I, I was emailing Mark Cuban from Shark Tank just directly. Really mm-hmm. he was a billionaire. he was emailing me back. He said yeah. no. <laughs> he didn't want to be on my show but I wonder if he'd still email me back after the pandemic because surely there's more people, you know, finding his personal email address or, you know, connecting with him on different ways nowadays now that everyone can work from home. There's probably more competition online and I don't see that changing. So, you know, the, the the cold outreach online, I think the pandemic means that you need to be even more creative on how you mm. do cold outreach. That, that's how I think it has changed Yeah.
0: Do you think that we'll, we'll get back to having lots of in-person networking and the conferences and so on? H- how do you see the future of networking?
1: Yeah, I, I think we'll get back to it. I mean, that's a that's an, that's a good question. I mean, when, when is this pandemic going to end and how is it going to change things? I mean, you know, I kind of like carrying around hand sanitizer in my backpack all day every day, the day, <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I also... Like to have dining available and no curfews. I like conferences. I, I like to shake hands. I just, I just been uh, more comfortable washing my hands before and after, um, or at least carrying the hand sanitizer around. You know.
0: Yeah. So, uh, and, and, and you
1: know, a conference is not about shaking hands with every single person there. It's about connecting with a few quality people. It's all about the quality more than the quantity. You're not the used car salesman at the network event trying to hand the car to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. it's, it's best actually if you research the people in advance and know who to talk to and what to talk to them about. So I, I, don't know, I, I, hope, I hope things go back to normal. I, I should have missed you know, more events and more conferences. It, it seems like in the US it's quite, it's, it's back to normal, I would say, mm-hmm. in most, most of the states. And however, back in the Philippines where I spent a lot of the pandemic since that's where I hired my staff. Uh, it's not open. There's there's not events. Uh, they they just removed the curfew, and it's it's seems like the pandemic might slow them down a bit longer than in other places.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's different in different parts of the world, isn't it? Definitely. So, h- how do you feel about the name of your company now that because handshaking has kind of become a bit taboo? You know, people are not doing it so much or feel awkward about shaking hands.
1: Yeah, I've thought about that quite a bit. Um, I I actually, during, I think, April of last year, I made a joke about it because I actually, originally we had the domain Handshaken without the G at the end because Mm -hmm. someone else owned handshaking with the G on the end, so we kind of had the slang version. And the year before the pandemic, I spent $8,000 just to buy the one word dot com with the G on it. And then we had a pandemic and handshaking fell out. So I, I, made, I, made a, I made a music video uh, in quarantine about how I paid for this domain and how sad it is and now we're in this pandemic. But actually, if you look at the data online, it actually says that the domain itself is worth more. Um, it's most certainly saved us time to have the, the G on the end because now my entire sales team, they can say, yeah, you can email me at adam at handshaking.com. You don't have to say "Adam a handshake" without the G.com. Let me spell that for you. It's H A N D. You know, it's so uh, you know. As far and, and as far as if I think the handshake is going to disappear, I don't know. I mean, sometimes I find myself not even handshaking with people. It, it kind of feels like if you know the person, you trust them more, and you're more willing to handshake them. But when you meet someone new, especially depending on you know, today I'm in Costa Rica. So every country, it kind of feels a little bit different on what people expect. And I think a lot of countries are are confused. The restrictions, too. If you're in a country that's super locked down, it feels like you're not supposed to do it, even if it's yeah. not talked about. And, but, you know, in the U.S., no one cares. You're going to have a handshake in the U.S. And I think <laughs> seeing it as a U.S. is one of the countries that kind of, at least in my state, in Colorado, is it's one of the first states to kind of get vaccinated, get it cleaned up, and return to normal. And we're already there. I, I kind of feel like, yeah, the rest of the world's going to go back to um, handshaking, if that was their custom before.
0: So handshaking yeah, think, handshaking hasn't yeah. gone away.
1: <laughs> uh, yep, yeah, I read so many articles and even blogged about it a little bit during the pandemic. I mean, I think it's okay if you don't want to handshake with someone. I think that's okay. Just give it the elbow bump or, <laughs> or a nice Japanese bow, whatever you want to do. And I think people are accepting with that. And I, I definitely think it's a good idea. I mean, before the pandemic, I did not carry around hand sanitizer. And that's just silly to go around to a conference and shake hands with everyone and then go eat and not even think about washing your hands or sanitizing. I mean, cleanliness, and sanitization is, there's nothing wrong with that. We can always have more of that in our life.
0: Absolutely. But, uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I, I think people still want to handshake to start a relationship.
0: Yeah, lovely. Well, thank you very much for chatting to me about about your company and how everything works and handshaking. So if people want to um, get in touch with you, Matt, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Sure. Well, you can check out our content and websites on our primary website, handshaking.com. And if you want to email me a question directly, I'm obviously just matt, M-A-T-T, at handshaking.com. And, uh, yeah, we'd be happy to talk about networking with with anyone. I'm, of course, very passionate about it and interested in how everyone does networking in their own world.
0: Great. Well, thank you very much for your time, Matt. And um, I wish you all the best for the future and getting back to more in-person meetings and lots of physical handshaking.
1: Yes, thank you, Liz, and thank you, listeners, for hanging out with us.
0: Thanks for listening to Small Business Big Network. If you found this podcast useful, please do rate, review and subscribe. And don't forget to share it with the rest of your network too.